0: Welcome to Emodoka Podcast, your go-to podcast for all things automotive in the heart of Africa. I am your host, Sandra, and together with our partners at Akajira Motors, we are here to navigate the exciting world of cars right here in Rwanda. Whether you're a first-time buyer, a family on the move, or an enthusiast looking to hit the road in style, we've got you covered. In each episode, we'll rev up your automotive knowledge with expert insights, so fasten your seat belts, grab the steering wheel, and let's roll in the world of cars, journeys, and adventures. Greetings, everyone. This is Sandra your host, and we are on Imodoka Podcast. In today's episode, we'll be covering sustainable driving habits. That's meaning reducing your car's environmental impact. And in today's episode, we have uh, two amazing guests.
1: Drupal Karadzia, the sales and marketing director here at Akagera Motors. Uh, Alexis,
2: her a sales manager at Kanyla Motors.
0: Nice to meet you. It is nice to have you on board about, you know, the sustainable th- driving habits. So you will be answering according to your own opinion and your knowledge of cars so that we can uh, actually advise or give knowledge to the people that listen to us. So the very first um, question is how do eco-friendly car options in Rwanda contribute to reducing the environmental impact of driving?
1: Well, there's definitely a great reduction of the pollution that we have coming out of some cars. Um, We see a lot of old trucks, a lot of old cars that are being imported into Rwanda or even still in use that are pumping black smoke, pumping white smoke, trying to get up a hill. Um, This has a huge effect on our environment. Uh, We can look at AQI, which means air quality index. Um, We see that in Kigali the air quality index is actually really, really poor. So poor that we're supposed to wear a face mask in the summer, not for COVID, but for just how bad the air quality can get. Um, this is because you have all this pollution, smog and dirt in the air. And because we're a landlocked country, we have no ocean breeze. We are surrounded by mountains. So we're kind of like in this valley, which is just collecting all this pollution. And if there's no wind to sweep it out, then it's, it becomes really, really bad. Um, that's why, luckily for us in the rainy season, the air quality is always pretty good because that rain takes all that pollution straight down into the water. Um, but in the dry season, it, it's really, really bad. So when you have an electric car or a plug-in hybrid or a regular hybrid, I mean, you're technically removing a lot of emissions from the, the air quality. Um, and this really can have a better environment for people to live in, for kids also when they're breathing in their young age. Um, And also, you know, the government is doing the right thing and giving those incentives. But we also got to go one step further and start removing old vehicles off the road. that are, you know, pumping black and white smoke out of the exhaust. I actually don't know how they're even passing control technique. That's one of my biggest questions I have. What do you think?
2: Uh, Well, my opinion is uh, I have these equal uh, cars we didn't help them environmental because I can take you an example I don't know if you you did you take a moto when you are on a moto even if you are wearing a mask for sure you feel this white smoke or black so which really affecting you your brain you are feeling you are smelling very bad so for my opinion these eco cars will really help our environment
0: so um, how can you share some examples of fuel-efficient cars available in Rwanda and their benefits for the environment?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, here at Akagera Motors, we have the Kia Niro Plus, which is a hybrid vehicle. Uh, it's a 1.6-liter petrol hybrid vehicle. Um, it's five seats. It's automatic 4x2. It's got all the options and specs you would need in a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Parking sensors, cameras, tinted windows, LED lights, uh, Bluetooth connectivity, Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, alloy wheels, uh, leather seats. And one of the great things about this car is the roof is so high. So as you know, in Rwanda, we have a lot of tall people. Even sitting in the second back row, I mean, you have an ample amount of space for your head and for your legs. Um, And it's priced very fairly, especially because you get to save on all the duties and taxes. Right. Um, So, yeah, I know there's also other uh, many other companies also out there that are having... Uh, electric or hybrid vehicles. I know Rwanda Motors has some. Uh, Victoria Motors has some. Gokabisa also a new player on the market, is doing pure EVs. Um, also the charging infrastructure as well. Uh, Volkswagen also has theirs. So yeah, a lot of manufacturers are now allowing... I mean, the, the vehicles aren't new. Uh, they've existed in first world markets uh, in North America, Europe, Asia for a long time. Um, so now these manufacturers are finally seeing with the benefits that the government has put in place, allowing us to import these vehicles and going through all their compliance and red tape and everything to get the vehicles here into rwanda
0: that's that's very interesting because but then there's an issue that these uh, environmental friendly cars are very expensive. Are there alternatives that one could consider
1: so a hybrid a plug in hybrid electric vehicle or an electric vehicle will always be more expensive than an ICE vehicle. ICE means internal combustion engine. And that's because the production cost of an ICE engine is much lower than the production cost of an alternative vehicle. And that's because of the battery cells. Um, We have to mine the raw mineral, ship it, process it, manufacture the battery. Uh, That takes a lot of cost. And if you have a hybrid or plug-in hybrid, you have the battery plus the motor. And if you have an EV, you remove the motor, but you could have a much bigger battery. So the cost for electric vehicles compared to ICE will always be higher um, for the time being until they are able to master the technology even further and reduce production cost. Um, so we see a lot of customers that come and say, oh, we want to buy you know, a hybrid or plug-in hybrid or electric vehicle. And then we tell them the price. And they say, oh, but that's the same price as this regular ICE vehicle. We're just paying all duties and taxes. And it's just like, yes the cost of production is completely different. Um, and the benefit that you get, it's always going to be costing more in the initial investment price.
0: What are some practical driving techniques that listeners can adopt to improve their fuel efficiency?
1: I mean, look, there's there's really not a lot somebody can do because we have our speed limits in place. We have our traffic. We have uh, pretty narrow roads. So, I mean... You're going from 0 to 60, and I think 60 is a fine cruising speed. Uh, definitely don't go 40 because it creates more traffic, you need a higher chance of accidents. Yeah.
0: Well, um, that's very insightful about the automation. And, uh, well, I'll jump to my next question. How can regular vehicle maintenance contribute to reducing a car's carbon footprint?
2: Making service leg like you, really you are changing oil. So then there will help engine functioning very well. So in that case, there will be no bad smoke out to, 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 to polluate the, the the climate. So you have, if you, you maintain regularly your vehicle, one, your vehicle will be in a good condition. Secondly, the environment will not be polluated.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um... It all comes down to maintenance at the end because if you have a vehicle that's not being maintained well, let's say you have an engine that's burning oil or a turbo that's burning oil, I mean, those all going to be contributions to uh, black or white smoke coming in of your exhaust. Um, Even an oil leak is not good for the environment either. Um, So yeah, proper maintenance that's done correctly is always key to uh, having a vehicle produce less carbon uh, emissions out of the out of the vehicle.
0: So um, are there any incentives or government initiatives in Rwanda that encourage eco-friendly car ownership?
1: Yeah, so like we discussed, there's going to be a full-duty, surtax, and VAT exemption on electric vehicles, plug-in hybrid electric vehicles, and uh, pure electric vehicles. So that means no duty, which is 25% no surtax which is between uh 5 10 or 15% and no VAT which is uh, 18%. So you're saving anywhere between uh 50 to 60% that you would pay on a regular ICE vehicle. So that's why we see the market, you know, bringing in so many hybrid vehicles from Asian markets, uh, used vehicles, a lot of people bringing vehicles from Dubai. So yeah, I mean, there's, those are the incentives. Um, and of course, the the, the the value that the owner gets is their fuel takes them a longer range now. So essentially, less fuel gets me further.
0: What role do electric cars play in Rwanda's effort to reduce carbon emission and promote sustainability?
1: Well, I think there's a vision in Rwanda to essentially have a predominantly electric vehicle market. Um, With that, we'll see our fuel stations becoming uh, EV stations or EV swap stations. We'll see a lot more charging ports at restaurants, shopping centers, uh, business complexes, hotels, movie theaters of such and this is all part of the vision in rwanda i believe in having a cleaner and greener environment and a cleaner air quality and also this will help maybe possibly get people into buying vehicles from local dealers and kind of boosting the local business and GDP of the country as well.
0: So how can listeners be mindful of their driving habits and make conscious choices to min- to minimize their car's environmental impact?
2: Um, looking on uh, our market, and people are easily moving from the ICE engine to this hybrid or electrical vehicle because, as you know, Guanahan this country is very clean. So the even the, the population is going through the government policy to changing their mind and and go through the new technology, new immobility. Uh, so this because the mindset of Our population is changing quick, and they know it is good for their health. It is good for saving their money. Then, so it is easy for people, one and people, to change their mind to these electrical vehicles.
0: Right. So you would advise people to go for electric vehicles in your opinion as
2: well. Yes, even me, I want to change.
0: You want to change? Okay. Yeah. uh, You, you, you and me both. You and me both. (laughs) So um. Are there any potential challenges or obstacles that individuals might face when transitioning to sustainable driving practices?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think that you'll face challenges when you're moving to driving sustainably or in an eco way. We might face some challenges when we talk about buying uh, a pure electric vehicle. Uh, I don't see any challenges with hybrid vehicles or even plug in hybrid electric vehicles. I do see challenges with electric vehicles, which have a solution. Um, Today, the challenges that we're going to be facing if you have an electric vehicle is charging ports. Can you charge everywhere you go right now? No. Um, Can I take my electric vehicle anywhere I want in Rwanda and get back home in the same day or after the weekend or whatever? No. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have something called range anxiety. And that's still very much real with electric vehicles. Uh, We see that in the first world markets. And that's still something that's going to be very valid for us here in rwanda if i have an electric vehicle and i want to go to bujumburo or i want to go to uganda i can't mm-hmm. i have to find another vehicle to take so that's where we see hybrid and possibly plug-in hybrid electric vehicles uh, excelling in that segment mm-hmm. um you don't have range anxiety if you run out of fuel you just put more fuel in but you just have to fuel less right um and you can go further so those are the only concerns i see when talking about uh
2: challenges yeah yeah, and I don't think it's a challenge, but also it, it happens, people are fearing yeah. somehow to, to buy this How this electrical vehicle will be serviced? Is there any spare parts for these vehicles? So this may be somehow a challenge to decide, but it is not really a big challenge because to, at the end they are buying.
0: So in terms of maintenance, uh, what are the concerns, like in terms of uh, getting spare parts, is it easy? um like so, so that people who are listening that want to buy electric cars could could just know that it's easy maybe to be assured
2: uh, a problem they think how electric engine let's say it is it is a hit, it it is getting breakdown mm-hmm. they they don't understand well how you can repair that electric engine mm-hmm. either you buy a new or they, they they don't know how to to repair that electric engine mm-hmm. this might be a challenge
1: Yeah, so I think it kind of comes down to where you buy from and who you buy from. So if you're buying from an authorized manufacturer-represented dealer in Rwanda, they'll be selling cars, they'll be holding spare parts for that car, and their technicians will be trained by the factory on how to service that car. That's something that every official dealer that represents an actual brand has to do and will do because the OEM, the brand, the manufacturer, has to make sure that their brand globally is well protected. Yeah. Um. The same for us when we bring in a hybrid or a PHEV or an EV. It's not just oh import the cars and then we're done. No, it's import the cars. Our sales guys are trained on the cars. The spare parts guys go through training on what parts to bring, how to deal with the parts. The service team goes trainings in person, yeah. um, whether it be in South Africa or in Kenya or in a different country where they actually get trained on how to work on the vehicle, hands-on. And then we have something called train the trainees. So then those guys come back here and they train the rest of our staff. So that's the value of buying from dealers in Rwanda, especially somebody like us who have so many years of experience. Of course, you go bring something yourself, a brand that's not represented, a model that's not represented. Yeah, you may not face issues in the first couple of years, but you're going to face issues down the street. And it's just crazy to me. Like, you know, there's a lot of workshops out there, but it's kind of hard it's like you going to sleep and then going through surgery and just taking it to you know a third class doctor who's going to do open heart surgery on you and saying yeah and you know, i hope he's able to fix it i have no idea what you're doing instead of my heart it's kind of the same thing with the car you want to take it to the best doctor you
0: possibly know right that's interesting so how can listeners stay informed about the latest advancements in eco-friendly car technologies and sustainable driving practices.
2: Well, I think as I told you, there is a development in the in, in technologies. People are leading, news are leading, website. They are they getting information from many many sources. So. And there are some advertisements for some companies in uh, EV electrical, on TVs, on radios. So to get information, it is quick. Our market is not big. Even once you get information, one day it is surrounding all the countries.
0: Agreed. Um, The internet has made it so easy for people to find uh, certain information about any updates or, you know, Advancements, But yeah, Rubik, do you have any other?
1: Yeah, I mean, just a lot of online reading article. That's where all my information from. So I use Motor Trend quite a bit. Yeah. Um, there's obviously some good YouTube videos and stuff. Um, but yeah, just pretty much reading car articles, Motor Trend, YouTube. But just be careful because there's some journalists that are a bit biased. Uh-huh. Um, just kind of read multiple things about one subject. So you kind of get a global overview. Right and kind of judge things on your own rather than just reading something and believing someone else's words.
0: Right. Also, uh, people should listen to Imodoka podcast because we're now bringing you the information that you need. So that was our last question. Thank you very much for tuning in today and thank you very much, uh, Alex, for joining us and Rupak one more time. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. Ciao. That's a wrap for today's episode of Imodoka Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed our drive through the fascinating world of cars and found our insights valuable. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. Your feedback fuels our engine. Join us next time as we explore more exciting topics in automotive realm. Until then, stay safe, keep your wheels turning, and embrace the road ahead with confidence.